Amen. So today we're going to continue with the anointing and the presence. The anointing and the presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The anointing and the presence. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. How many are ready for the next important key for the anointing of God and the presence? You can just give me a wave if you're ready. Very good. I see all of them. Amen. Ready. Praise God. Okay, so last week, what, we, what did we talk about? The anointing, the, the, the anointing or the Holy Spirit in us. We talked about the Holy Spirit in us, with us, upon us. Amen? Now, Amen. today we are going to talk about the master key to the presence of God. It's powerful. I said what? The master, master key, key to the presence of God. How many want to hear it? Those... On, 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 on in church, those in Zoom, and those on Facebook and social media. Now, what is the master key to the presence of God? Let's turn to John chapter 8. I'll read two verses. John chapter 8, verse 29. And then I'll read Job chapter 23, verse 8 to 12. John chapter 8, verse 29. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. Hallelujah. Man. Now let's look at the NLT. And the, and the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Can, is, is it possible to lower the yeah, volume a bit? You should know that it's a bit loud. Hallelujah. Oh, those in, behind the technical team. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so, so let me repeat that again. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. So it means that when we do what pleases God... God would be with us. Amen. Now let's look at Job chapter 23, verse 8 to 12, NLT. Job chapter 23, verse 8 to 12. Hallelujah. I go east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. So we are talking about the presence of God. Now, Jesus said that God is with him, and God has sent him and has not left him alone because he always do, does what God wants him to do. Now, we are reading from Job 23, 8 to 12. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. So this is Job trying to find God, but he cannot find him anywhere. But he always, but he knows where I am going. Even though I cannot see him, he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold or as pure as gold. Amen. Then verse 11. For I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commandments but have treasured his words more than daily food. Wow. Let's look at verse 11 and 12 again. So that's very important. So that shows, you see, he couldn't find God. He looked for God all over the place. He couldn't find him. But it was from verse 11 and 12 that showed what he did to find God. For I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. Then verse 12. I, I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. So the, the master key to the presence of God is obedience. Amen. Obedience. This amazing scripture reveals how Job was searching for the presence of God. 
He went forward, backwards, and did many, many things. Went north, went south, went, went east, west. He went all over the place, but he could not find God. But it was when he was able to obey God's commandments and keep his commandments, when he gave himself to God's commandments, that was when he was able to find the presence of God. Hallelujah. You cannot easily see God and you cannot easily find his presence until you and I esteem the word of God more important than our daily food. The master key. So it means that for you and I to, to really, really, really get the presence of God, we need to desire God's word so much more than daily food and also follow it. Because how can you desire God when you don't desire his word, when you cannot separate God from his word? God and his word are one. And God has exalted his word above everything because his word is Jesus. Glory to God. Did you get that? He's exalted Jesus. Jesus' name is exalted above every name. Look at John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. And we'll continue. In the beginning, what does it mean? In the beginning, in times past, in the beginning was the word. But that word beginning, there was, the, there was no point at which there was no word. But there's, there's no other word to describe it but what has been used in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. That's why the Bible says, Jesus Christ, he, he is, he was, he is, and he is to come. So there was, there was never a point where there was no wars. Ooh, glory, did you get that? Because he's outside time, and time is, time, time is not stationed. It's not linear. It's not, it's, 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 time can vary. I tell you, time can vary. I'll explain that. There was a time when there was point zero. But before, before point zero, God existed. Jesus existed. The word existed. But at point zero, time began. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that there will be a time that there will be no need for time. In Revelation. Because why would there be a need for time in eternity? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Also... To, to, to even show that time, time is linear, meaning that time changes depending on the speed you are traveling. Einstein's theory of relativity. Yeah, time dilation, which says that the faster you go and the closer you, you, the faster you go approaching the speed of light, time changes. Time slows down. That's why you can have someone who, if you watch some of the movies, you can have someone. I mean, it's a theory of, of, of uh, Einstein's general theory. There's, Einstein has the general theory of relativity and the special relativity. Space-time, mass, space-time, all that stuff. Now, when someone is on Earth, say my daughter, there's a movie like that, Interstellar, one of these movies. Say my daughter, Latiri, she, 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 she's young. Or let's say Phoebe because of her age. Phoebe is eight. Now, as Phoebe is eight years old and at home in the house, if I were able to travel faster or well, almost approach the speed of light or travel at the speed of light to another planet, one day could be 20 years yeah. on Earth yeah. because time slowed down as I was approaching the speed of light. Yeah. So time is not fixed all the time. Time changes depending on the speed and the mass. So it shows that time is not just there and constant. Time began. And there will be a time that there will be no need for time. Because eternity, how are you going to measure time in eternity? So in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Verse 2. The same was with God in the beginning. Or the same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not made anything that was made. Or without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Verse 4. 
Okay, I'll just quote it just for time's sake. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Amen? Then it goes on. Hallelujah. I, I think you guys know the rest. So what does it mean? It means that the word of God, hallelujah, is, 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 is power. The word of God is life. The word of God is God himself. So if you and I want the presence of God, then we must want the word of God. How can you have the word of God and not have the presence? It doesn't make sense. Because the word is his presence. Amen. Because you cannot separate Jesus from his word. I don't know that I'm saying something to somebody. So what does it mean? It means clearly that you and I, the master key is obeying the word of God. Obedience to the word. When we take God's word, we love it and we obey it. It brings the presence of God. So that's why Jesus said that, and he that sent me is with me. So God is with me. The father hath not left me alone. So God's presence is with me and God's presence has not left me alone because for I do always those things that please him. I do always. Then Job said, I cannot find him, but, 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 but he knows me. He, he, he knows my way. He knows the way I take. I shall come forth as gold when he tries me. My foot hath, hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of the, his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What do you think? Very, very powerful. So it means that you and I must desire his word. We, we must love his word. His word must please us. And his word must be in our hearts. And we must do our best to follow his word. Hallelujah. Number two, John chapter 8, we'll continue the same verse 29. And he that sent me is with me. May God be with you and I. Amen. May God be with you and I. Amen. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. I always do those things that please him. Most Christians attempt to enter the gate with thanksgiving. But are soon prevented from the presence of God. Hallelujah. Most Christians attempt to enter the gate with thanksgiving, but are soon prevented from the presence of God. Why? The presence of God is with you because you do the things that please God. Jesus said it. It's because I please God, he's with me. Hallelujah. Obedience is the key if you want to experience the presence of God continually. Hallelujah. You would not entertain people in your presence that are not following what you want or pleasing you, in a way. If you have a certain level of influence, you will not entertain people who, who, who are not pleasing you, but who are rather doing their own thing. Imagine you have resources to help four people, and you need to split it into four. Are you going to give it to people who please you and people who you know care about you and want to be around you, or you give it to people who are not seeking to please you? Who will you give it to? To the one who wants to please you. And it's the same with God. That's why Jesus said, because I do the things that please you, God, because I do the things that please you. Obedience is extremely attractive and it draws our superiors into our lives like a strong magnet. Even at work, if you are, you are always saying, of course, you are always saying, oh, yes, yes, we will do it, we will do it. But you also give a lot of input. It will be a blessing. Because no employer wants you to just say yes, 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 yes. The employer knows that one will put 1,000 to flight, but two will put 10,000 to flight. The employer always wants, that's why there are meetings with ideas. Actually, when you don't share ideas, it will come up in your review that you are not really contributing. You are, you are not really speaking. You are not really contributing to the team. So it's important to bring ideas. That's why in church, 
churches that do well are churches that accept uh, 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 feedback and uh, suggestions. Hallelujah. But, 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 but the problem is that when the suggestions come, yes, we give the suggestions, but it is also important to be people who please the one who is leading. So your boss, you, you please your boss. Your boss, we, we've done all the discussions. Your boss says, do A, X, Z. But you feel that A, B, C is the faster approach. So you do A, B, C instead of A, X, Z. There are some people who come and give me better results than I asked. But I'm not happy with it because it, it was not done or discussed the way it was supposed to be done. Why? Because sometimes maybe God is not looking for that kind of results. He's looking for something else. Hallelujah. Almighty God is equally attracted to his obedient servants. May you be obedient. May I be obedient to, to the service of God. When God says, go, you go. You see, some people feel obedience is only about fornication and about uh, 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 stealing and lying. Yes, that one is clear. But obedience is bigger than that. Obedience is, look at how you spoke to her. I apologize. Don't shut me down now. Fine message. That's also obedience. Sometimes that actually counts. Sometimes even giving to the poor counts more than many of the things we do. Yeah. And we've read a lot about it. Sometimes even giving to the poor. Maybe you see a poor person. A will give to that poor person. B will be very active in church but never give to a poor person. Hire to the poor person. God might prefer the, the, the person who gives to the poor. It's only when we go to heaven that we'll know. But because I don't want to wait till I get to heaven, I'll do all. I'll serve God and I'll give to the poor. Then you are covered. Hallelujah. Because that is what will please God. So doing it God's way. God's way. Not any person. God's way. And many times children, we are, we are also children. So this goes to me and to all of us, but I'm just using children for an example. Many times, children who don't follow what their parents say, sometimes the parents will say, oh my goodness, if only you would listen. Sometimes I'll tell the children, if only you listen, you would not fail in life. You will succeed. You will do well in your marriage. You do well. I, I, sometimes I, 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 it's a passionate thing because I know that if they follow my instructions, they will do well. If they don't follow my, my, my instructions, because I don't plan harm for them, if they don't follow my instructions, they would end up in certain situations. But I've also realized that that is how God feels about us. When God is saying that, look, follow what I say. Do what I say. Oh, my people. Sometimes when you read the Old Testament, you see God saying, oh, my people, if only. Oh, if only. Sometimes you actually see that, oh, if only you would follow what I'm saying, how you'll be blessed. If only. Because God doesn't want us to obey him to trap us. Actually, to make us free. Because you are going to be a slave to one. Either a slave to sin and the devil, or a slave or servant. Let's just say servant. A servant to Satan, or a servant to God. There are only two. You can't, you can't be in the middle. So, if you are a servant to the devil, there's going to be hard yoke. There's going to be terror, terror is going to be distraction of yourself, is going to be he, he, he has a goal to steal, kill, and to destroy but God has a goal, and that goal is to make it light, he said my yoke is easy and my burden is light so even though you are going to, to, to follow me and you are my servant you are my servant, I, I, I freed you, that's why Apostle Paul said, uh, the, the Bible says that look, like uh, if you are free already, why would you now entangle yourself in that yoke of bondage when you are already free? So there are many times God gives an instruction. Do this. I want to bless this person. Sometimes I'll just test the kids. And go, hallelujah. I just test the kids. Okay, give me, you, you, you wanted something dearly. You really wanted some chips or you wanted something dearly. And I bought it for you. Give me some. I'll be chewing it in front. Of them. I'll, I'll just, you know, I have a tray left there, and I'll reward them for the tray, for, three for one. So they, they just, just, just give it to me, and I'll watch their reaction. And I want to see pain, because when I see pain, then it shows that wow, she, they really like like me to give me something they really want. So 
I, I, I take it, when I finish eating it, I say, thank you very much. Even though they are sad, I know that it costs them a lot. Then I say, anyway, here are three. So you, I gave, took one and I gave you three. Yeah? And that is what God likes to do. That is what God wants to do. So many times, God is wanting us to obey to prevent the devil from having mastery over us and also as an opportunity to bless us. Anytime there's an opportunity to support, even if you are not going to support, just, I mean, just support or just do something you know God wants you to do, it's very important to just do it. But a disobedient person is dangerous. God doesn't like disobedience. Every time, no, nothing. It's not as if we are not working on ourselves. But every time, no, no. The, the Bible says, a pastor will preach, the Bible says this. No, I won't do it. Then the next time, the Bible says you should do this. No, I won't do it. No one can tell me what to do. Dangerous. No one can tell you what to do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm reading what God told you to do and I to do. If I read the Bible and I say, God says this. If I read the Bible and I, I, I say, God says, don't do this. God says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Ah. God says, uh, 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 pay your tithe. Ah. God says, give your offering. Ah. But you see, no one will say, ah, to you. They will say it in their minds. Yeah. Ah. But if it was a word from God, the ah was not to me because I am also being instructed to do it. Then the, the, the ah was to God. That's the thing. To the large parts of the church are stricken with poverty and an inability to do anything substantial for God. This is very ironic because most of the churches are preaching about money, prosperity, general improvement, and happiness. Yet the church is riddled with debt, mortgages, and insolvency. How true it is. A lot of churches are preaching, hey, money, you, you success this, meet this, that, 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 all these things. And just a few in the church are successful. But you see many people. I mean, most of the churches, when you watch sometimes Christian television, you, you just, if you, if you go on TV and or go live, you see there's always something about money. And money is important. The Bible says money answers all things, but the love of money is the problem. It's the root of all kinds of evil. Which some who have tried to seek after have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So what am I saying? I'm saying that in spite of money, preaching about money, talking a lot about money, having money so seminars, seminar on this, 10 keys to get money, 20 keys to get money. All those things. The church is still riddled with people who are still looking for money. In spite of all the seminars. I said what? In spite of all the seminars, people are still waiting. People are still waiting. When you go for when you go for a convention and you take maybe all the Christian churches come together online and you go for a convention and you ask people, presence of God or power of God, a, a, a seminar or get money seminar. Everyone will go to the get money seminar. But why is it that year after year, the same people are going for those seminars? When has it changed? Why is it not changing? Do you think someone who's a millionaire, who God has blessed, will be going for those seminars? No, they'll go for the present seminar. So it means that the Christians, a lot of let's get, 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 but not do, not seek God, not seek his word. And because of that, they are being robbed. Look at Joshua 1.8. Yeah, let's look at 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some converted after they have erred from the faith. When you seek money, you err. Look, when you seek money, you will err from the faith. Church, when you seek after money, you will err from the faith. And you will pierce yourself with many sorrows. In one of my quiet times, I was, I was, I was reading about how God 
says that anyone who oppresses or, or, or robs a poor person, robs in the sense that they take, keep taking from a poor person, or, or someone who is, is working for them, or help, I mean, someone who is, is robbing people, how they'll be punished by God, and how God can, the, the sword will be in their home. I'm talking about someone who oppresses people, oppresses poor people, fights poor people. You, you know what I mean? So there are many people who, because of gaining money, trying to find money, they are, are, are piercing them, piercing others. They are trying to step, climb over others. They are trying to pull people, put people down. They are trying to destroy people's lives only to get money. They are trying to exploit the poor. All this was, I, I was surprised, a lot about it in the Bible. When I was having my time, because I'm doing my uh, quiet time on prosperity, and I'm still doing it. Uh, I'm on uh, uh, day, day 20. Yeah. There are so many verses in the Bible. Day 20, quiet time, and I do it every day, day 20 on quiet time. A lot of information. And I've come to see that. So, so such people, the Bible says that a sword. So you can imagine people, <clears throat> it's, it's a whole, it's very wild. It's very, very wild. It's very, very wild. So what am I saying? I'm saying that when we seek after money, we are searching after money, we can pierce ourselves with many sorrows and we can err from the faith. So instead of seeking after money like many of the Christians are doing, they must do Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything I said everything. I said everything shall be done or given to them. I don't know what I'm hearing. Amen. Let's hear amen. Seek ye proton. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You've sought God's kingdom and then those things are going to be added to your life. And then they'll keep adding and adding and adding and adding. What do you think? So it's very important for us to understand that it is not going for those seminars that matters, even though we need to go for the seminars. Because I don't want to, I, I've shared it with a number of people, I've shared it with the shepherds, I've shared it with the pastors, because I don't want to just have all this information for myself. 20, 20, part 20. Brother Fred, think about it. Part 20. And part one is, is, is like pages with many verses. Why? Because, so, so the point is that I'm not saying that prosperity is not for God, from God, or God doesn't want us to prosper. Otherwise, I'll not be, I won't spend 20. And look, Many of the Christians have got it wrong. I now understand, after doing the quiet, I now, I now understand why many Christians are not getting the money and the blessings like they are supposed to. It's clear. It's, 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 it's overwhelming evidence. It's overwhelming. When I say overwhelming, it means that it's so much that it is statistically, not just statistically significant, it is overwhelmingly significant. But that's another thing. It's too much to even share it in a service. I can't I won't be able to share it in a service. It's too much. Maybe I can't. Yeah. Maybe I can't. Hallelujah. But the, point, yeah. the problem is that many Christians are seeking after these things and not God's word. Jesus gave the reason why God's presence was with him. He said clearly that the Father was with him because he was constantly doing the things that pleased the Father. You see, and I tested it more. Not, I wasn't testing it, but I acted on this prosperity thing. That, that's, that's the problem. I, after testing it, I realized that something miraculous, I mean, it, it is, it is mind-boggling. After just testing it for one month. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so simple. I, I look, it, it is overwhelming because it doesn't make sense what is happening. It, it, it does not make sense what is happening. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the future. As I've seen this key. Hey, Amen. 
And some, some of us know, at least my daughter in the house, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it, it doesn't make sense. I'm talking about it doesn't make sense because it is too fantastic that now my, my struggle and my prayer topic and my stress is that it's a band. It, 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 is, it is too good. And I'm trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> Sorry? Yes, it works. But you see that it's all, all the thing I'm talking about, it's all things I found in the Bible that I'm obeying. That's the obedience, that's the presence, that's the key. Then the presence of God will be with you because you are obeying what was said. It's, it's, it's amazing. Hey, the future by the grace of God. Amen. Jesus gave the reason why God's presence was with him. He said clearly that the Father was with him because he was constantly doing the things that pleased him. The only project I know that Jesus is doing is building his church. What do you think? That's right. Many Christians, instead of building the church, many of us are building businesses, schools, hospitals, universities, and other good things. None of these things are evil in themselves. But if they replace God, they are not good. Oh. That's the key. Oh. So anyone who is doing this prosperity thing and has a business, oh, my, my, my good God. I, I don't even know. I, I, I don't know what, they, 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 the, the stress will be high because of what God is doing with them. You know that your blessings can bring stress. Yeah. <laughs> more than you can carry away. I said more than you can carry away, but we need to obey. We need to obey. We need to obey. So there's nothing wrong if I, myself, or any of us listening are focusing on our business, our school, whatever we are doing, and it is affecting our relationship with his presence or his word, or is going contrary to his word, it will be a problem. A problem not having hell. We're going to glory in the name of Jesus. But in terms of what God has to do for you, he's not obliged to do it. If God says, do A and I'll do B. Do C and I'll do B. Do E and I'll do B and you don't do it. Didn't Jesus say that he had some people uh, the first hour work for 12 hours? Then some people were called at the 11th hour. Okay, work for 12 hours. I'm going to pay you Hundred dollars. Do you agree? Shake hands. We agree. Someone else calls the called the sixth hour. I'll pay you the same hundred dollars. Do you agree? Yes. Someone was called eleventh hour and had to only work one hour. I'll pay you the same wages. The other people were, were upset. Did I do you wrong? What did I do wrong? Did I not tell you that I'll give you hundred dollars? Have I not given you the hundred dollars? What does that have to do with the other person? <laughs> cry, oh, cry, in it, in it. Hallelujah. So, what um, am I talking about? I'm talking about something very important. So, hmm, what do you think? So, it's important. Let's do what we need to do. Let's do what we need to do. In school, work hard in school and finish school. I said, work hard in school and finish school. Amen. Work hard at, in, your, in your business. Because actually the Bible says, if you don't work hard, how are you going to benefit? The slothful, lazy person will not do well. So work hard. But as you are working hard, make sure you are working harder for God. Who blows it to Amen. God? Amen. Sure working harder for God. If you are spending eight hours <clears throat> at work, Make sure you are also tired for God. Of course, during the day, if you are spending eight hours at work, you can't spend eight hours uh, uh, doing God's work. Hallelujah. That, 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 yeah. Because you also have a false balance. It's an abomination. You have to balance things out. But what I'm talking about is make sure you are doing your best for God. You are working hard for God. Amen. You, you, you are spending time with God. <clears throat> what do you think? It's powerful. Satan is too intelligent to give church leaders evil things to do. 
He only gives good things to church leaders to do. However, the good things that Satan gives us to do are complete distractions from our actual job of winning souls, the lost souls, preaching the gospel, and building the church. And this also oh. goes for normal Christians. <clears throat> Someone will say, oh, how? This is our pastor's job. What are you talking about? Now you are telling everybody to preach. No. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Preach. Don't shut me down now. Preaching real quick. Yeah, preaching. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Wherefore, let's use NLT, please. <clears throat> now, the Bible says that, I'll explain it. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus, when he, 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 when he ascended, no, when, 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 he, as, when he was ascending, he gave gifts to men. But how can God ascend when he's at the highest level? It means he first descended to the lower parts of the earth before he ascended. That is why, this, in fact, let's start from verse 6 <clears throat> to explain that. One God and Father, verse 7. Time is almost up. But unto, ev unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Very good. Verse 8. Wherefore he saith, uh, sorry, uh, NLT, please. Very good. Verse 8, thank you. Very good. So that is why the scriptures say, the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts unto men. So we continue to verse 11, 12, so verse 9. Mm. Uh, Notice that it says he ascended. Very good. Amen. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, the fivefold ministry, verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip pastors, is to equip no. God's people to people. do his work and build the church, the body of Christ. That is the responsibility Amen. of the pastor. Amen. So Amen. therefore, when the, 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 the church is, is, is not working on these things, but working on other things, they miss, the, the devil causes them to miss the main point of the church. The church is not there for social things only. But the primary responsibility for the church is to build the church, is to win souls, is to Amen. establish God's kingdom on earth, and to make the, the kingdom of the devil suffer. Amen. And whilst doing the primary responsibility, then the other things come in. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So that is the Christian life. So that's why you and I must understand that it is a distraction from the devil to stop these things. I, I, I remember talking to someone recently. And the person is in a church where they have this group that group, so many groups, they are helping marriage couple, this couple, that couple, those couples. And that's important because we do that in our church. We need to. Hallelujah. So many couples. And then said that, oh, this is the reason for the church. And this is more important and uh, more difficult than the outreaches. And then I said that, I, I, I just smiled and I, I just brushed the whole thing off. I said I'm talking to someone who doesn't understand why the, the church is there. <clears throat> the reason for the church is not what your pastor says. The reason for the church is what the Bible says. Amen. And from what I'm reading, it says their responsibility, your pastor's responsibility, my pastor's responsibility, my responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build the church, the body of Christ. Once we are doing that, then we'll have those meetings. But those meetings are not the primary. I can prove it to you in Acts chapter 6. Amen. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Amen. So now we've talked about the church members. Now let's talk about what the pastor's responsibilities are. 
But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained the Hellenistic Jews, complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. It shows that even the people by Jesus made mistakes. So church members holding on to the pastor and saying that, pastor, you are unfair, blah, blah, blah. We are human, even these people. <laughs> so the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God and uh, word of God, not running a food program. <laughs> and so brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit of, and, and, and wisdom, we will give them this responsibility. So you will see that, and then we, we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Let's use King James for this one. Let's start from this one. It, it will flow quicker and naturally. I like the King James one, it's how it says it. And in those days, when the, the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a membrane of the Christians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in their daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So what does this mean? This means that the pastor's responsibility is not to be waiting on tables. And the waiting of tables means the different groups. The waiting of tables represents the different groups. Youth, this thing, that, marriage, this thing, finance, this. Those are important. That's why the apostles saw it fit to appoint people to those things. But the primary thing is to the, for the word of God and prayer. And then you see how they dispersed abroad. This same, you, you, let's continue verse 5. You see, I want to mention two of the people. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and then continues. 7. Now, Stephen was a man who, hey, the teachers of the law who went to school for preaching and for teaching and for the scriptures. He was able to outspeak them. Stephen, that's why they stoned him. He was able to outspeak them. He, he was able to speak so eloquently. He was able to outmaneuver them. He was able to, 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 to prove that Jesus was the Christ through the scriptures. And he cuts them to their hearts. So the deacons were not just serving tables, but they were, they, they were serving tables, but they made sure that their original intent of preaching and evangelism was not neglected. Because these people were, were, were chosen to serve tables as a responsibility, but not the primary. And then, let's get it. And then the Bible says, and Philip went down to Samaria and preached glory to God and preached Christ unto them. And the demons be coming out and miracles and... The, And then Philip will rush to the Ethiopian, you know, vanish. All these things were happening. That's the primary reason. That's the primary reason. That's the primary reason, pastor. That's the primary reason. Not for social whatever. The social things are important. We do it all. If all you need to do is to go to uh, the Edina, uh, Minneapolis, Kodesh, you see, you understand that we know what you are talking about. We have health seminar. We have... Uh, 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 or at least their faces there. I'm sure it's in different places. Plenty. Health seminar, marriage education. seminar, finance seminar. Young people's college education. Preparation. We have college uh, things, uh, saved kids, uh, high school. We have even, we even got a policeman after the George Floyd to come and speak, to teach, to, 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 to show people how to behave when they meet a policeman so that everything moves smoothly. All those things. So we know what we are talking about. But that's not the primary. Even though we are doing it to a lot. There are going to be, there's actually going to be another health seminar. There's actually going to be another finance seminar. How to stay out of debt. There's one coming up. Uh, actually, that one has to do with budgeting. Yes. But that's not the primary. That's not the gospel. And it can never be the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. 
could be more emphatic and clear for us to do than to go into the world and make fishes of men. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. It is not a human idea. Remember the words of Jesus. My father is with me because I always do the things that please him. Obeying God and obeying the father is essential for maintaining the presence of the father in your life. I think we'll continue on Wednesday, God willing. But this is what I have for you, or God has for you and I. The gospel the gospel. So it is important to do what pleases God. So what we need to do, go to the Bible and then ask yourself, what are the things that will touch God's heart? What are the things that will please God? Do it. God will bless you. And his presence will be with you. Hallelujah. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your honor. We thank you for your, your blessing. Let's just sing that song again. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, my social demon. Yes, just bless his name. Oh, yes. Just worship him. And speak to him in your heart. Speak to the Lord. Speak out. Yes. And just tell him. Tell him that you, you want to please him. Lord, I want to please you. Yes. I want to please you, Jesus. Oh, yes. the holy of holies you want to please the lord jesus christ do you want to honor him do you want his presence in your life oh my soul
after me if you want Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to be the Lord of your life, to save you, to save you from sin, to save you from yourself, to save you from this wretched life. This life is wretched without Jesus. This life is shattered dreams without Jesus. Jesus Christ is the answer for the world. Yesterday, today, and always. If you want to say, Pastor, pray with me, then repeat after me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all. And I want to say thanks for joining in church. Thank you all, social media, Facebook, YouTube. Thank you for joining. I want to say God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And may you have a favorable, 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 favorable life. May this week be a good week. May this week be a week of good news, good reports, good tidings in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory, O oh God, and honor in yes. Jesus' name. Amen. Shalom, shalom. Welcome, Pastor Elam.